there we go. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. So I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. Hey, everybody, Keith, you're live in the lab. Live in the Business Athlete Performance Lab on a Friday, and I'm a happy Friday. And happy Fridays bring Rick Astley. So, yes, I got a special guest in the show today. In studio, Rylan Qualley, sitting right in front of me. And uh, we're streaming live on 1080p on YouTube uh, with Rick Astley. So you're wondering as you're watching this show, boy, he's, why is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, so why am I humming along and why am I talking to Rick Astley right now? Rylan, why do you think? You're in a good mood. I'm in a good mood, my friend. I'm in a good mood. Why am I in a good mood? Because today is Friday and I got some great news. My mom is healthy. So... I haven't said much on the show and uh, all week. And I'm, I'm going to throw it to Rylan here in a second. So you heard the voice for those listening on the podcast. I was Rylan on the other side. Those watching are like, who's that voice? So Rylan's just sitting across from me. And I'm going to throw it to Rylan in a moment. Um, so over the last number of weeks, my mom's been been sick and deteriorating rapidly, frankly. And we all didn't know why. I got I got a brother. I got a sister. And we didn't know what was going on. So last week, we're kind of like, all right, we got to pull, we got to, you know, grab the bull by the horns and see what's shaking. So we had our doctor's appointments and so forth, so forth. Um, this morning before Ryland walked into the studio, literally about a half an hour ago, uh, received some news. And the news was mom's blood test came back healthy, no cancer, uh, which is great. And uh, the other things that they worked on yesterday, um, apparently so, are quite positive. So received a note from my sister today. And the word was, Mom has never been so optimistic here today. Uh, never seen her like this in weeks and months. So, Rylan, I'm happy. That's so, awesome. I'm going to throw the doors open to Mr. Rylan Qualley and invite him into the into the, into the lab here. So, uh, you're going to see Mr. Rylan Qualley there, live in the lab. Um, what's shaking? Oh, I'm just really pumped to be here. I'm honored to be your first guest live. That's uh, such a privilege. Well thank, you. well, thank you very much. Yeah, wait. Uh, so we're in Winnipeg, Canada, as you know, and uh, you just happen to be here. So you happen to be here. It's like, all right, let's just do it live in the let's studio. So I uh, brought you into the lab here, brought you into the vibe. It's kind of, it's kind of fun in here. Really fun vibe in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the first time that we have some. We got, uh, I got a camera across from me. Got a camera on me, and uh, we're uh, we're doing things a little differently. Got some light shining on Ryland, so the look is a little, little, little unique here. So I'm thinking, Roland, if Roland's on the other side there, uh, Roland, if you're listening, um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna text him right now and just make sure that things are doing okay on on the on the YouTuber side. Um, Oh, there he is right there. Not sure if it's possible to center the camera on Ryland. Yeah, so actually, Roland, good. we're going to have Ryland move over a little bit. So, Or center the camera. Yeah, so move the camera a little bit. Um, great, YouTube's fine. Let's go the other way. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Roland. YouTube's fine. Great. So we got Ryland up there. Roland's good. And uh, we are on camera together. So let's dig into it. So I'm also excited for everybody to hear that Keith and Ryland, Ryland has a show. Ryland's podcast is is strong ambition podcast. Yeah, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do like a joint podcast today. So instead of me just sitting here talking to Ryland and asking him questions and and doing a thing, um, we're gonna have a back to back, and we're going to just have a conversation for your show and for my show. Absolutely, uh, and it's really cool because I have so many questions to ask you about <laughs> all the stuff you've been doing, especially with AI, how it can help people in fitness and and you know training and nutrition so that was just you had asked to be 
back on my podcast. I'm like, I'd love to. And so for us to just share this, not to mention, it's going to be a significantly higher quality with all these uh, great uh, tech gadgets you got compared to what I'm used to, just a live Zoom call with most of my people. So this is awesome. Ah, it's fun. It's uh, my dad, since we're talking family, my dad's always like, hey, man, if you're going to do something and not saying you're not doing it right, but it's like if you're going to do something, just do something crazy right. So, ah, hell, what the hell? We had the means to coddle this together. So we're having some fun with it. So, but let's, let's, let's just, let's talk about strong ambitions. Let's talk about uh, Ryland Qualley. Let's talk about um, what you do. So for our listeners, they don't know who you are. They don't know what you do. We didn't spend a lot of time introducing you. Why don't you take a moment to talk about what you do, how you help people and what your purpose is when you get up every single day. Love that. That last segment is the important one, right? Yes. So I am an online uh, training nutrition coach. I got into that about three years, you know, COVID pivot. I have been an, a trainer for over 15 years. And just like during COVID, I went into more online because I realized you can help so many people so much more efficiently and more directly with the coaching approach. So I have my own business, RQ Training Nutrition, and see me on Instagram, RQ Training Nutrition. That's where I do a lot of my stuff, and that's why I do the podcast, to, to reach more people with that, and ton of fun. I do some stuff in person uh, just for some local people, but most of the people I help is just virtually through online. You said you made a pivot because of the pandemic, Ryland. So talk about the pivot and, and what happened after the pandemic, which you were like, okay, I get, was, it, was it as much, I need to make money and nobody's going to the gym, so I'll do it virtually? Yeah, that was, so it was actually, I'm not going to lie, it was probably just like a lot of people during COVID, it was it was that dark time where like, I don't know where I'm going. And it wasn't just because of COVID, it was because of what COVID did to my boxing gym I was at the time. So I was the general manager of United Boxing at the time. That's a non-for-profit that doesn't make a ton of money, but because they really just want to make money for the boxers to box. So I had, you know, a very low salary, but I had a lot of access to being able to run my own boot camp brand out of there. And so that's how I kind of made money, a lot of personal training on the side. And it actually dawned on me that year prior to COVID, I'm like, man, how am I ever going to make more money? Because I'm always running around finding clients. And so when COVID shut down, uh, like shut down the gym, the board was like, okay, we're going to figure out, you know, and I asked, I was like, hey, give me a contract. Let's figure something out here. We have time to do it. Well, that was a bad idea because at that point they realized that they sat down and talked about it and they're like, well, Ryland's not great at the administration stuff, which I wasn't because there was no book. There was no guidebook. I was good at creating programs and operations. And then, and then I asked for commission and they didn't want to give it to me. And so when I have a gym that I worked for the last three years that I actually increased their, their total revenue within the first year by 33%, you go from 75 K to over hundred K in a year you have a new GM and you don't offer that guy commission. I was like, you guys really don't believe in me. So that was like why it was a dark time because I was like, well, what do I do? Because I didn't see the boot camp brand building up. I couldn't do much else. And during the lockdowns is when everyone's like, well, there's this online form. So you probably remember Gavin McHale from Focus Fitness. And he was a guy who was also a strength trainer at Focus Fitness. And he turned into a business mentor or a coach for, for online trainers or just for for trainers and athletic therapists. So I reached out to him and uh, made an investment in his program and he taught me how to go online. And very quickly that was just like, wow, the ease of access that you can work with people online was just phenomenal. So I still stayed with United for the next four months. I still kind of do my boot camp, but I just saw so much limitation to the in-person. 
And I saw so much benefit to constantly being able to coach and train people with access throughout the world. Really, you can be, I've worked with a guy in Sweden, which is crazy. And so, yeah, like I said, about four months in, then I went fully on my own. It's actually October is going to be the end of three years uh, that I've been online on my own. And, and again, I think it's just the ability to reach so many people. So again, you're, you gotta be grateful for some of those dark times, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's, um, What's the most difficult challenge of being an online trainer? Great question. And it's a very simple answer. Competitive. It is because most of what you do is actually going to be marketing yourself. Most of what you have to do is to get your message and to stand out. Now, some people will say it's a saturated market. And I just don't like that lens because then you're blaming the market for a problem. And there's too many people that carry a lot of saturated fat on their body for it to be a saturated market. Like we just literally have an obesity epidemic and you're going to say, Oh, it's a saturated market. People are still fat. People still need help. There's a lot of people looking for help. Now it's a competitive market. The, the really challenging part is maybe someone could argue it's saturated for information and you know, a whole bunch of misinformation. So there is probably some reason for that language, but I don't like it because it doesn't help me. I would rather say that it is a competitive market because then it gives me an idea of ownership towards my problem. My problem is I need to have a very effective message. So the hardest part, and it's, it's never been harder, actually, it increasingly gets hard because the algorithm is still just going for attention. The algorithm's changing. The algorithm wants people to stay on there. And if you can't figure out a great way to capture people's attention, you're just not going to get attention. Now, with that being said, I'm always going to look at, you know, the silver lining and where your blessings are. I always use the whole lens of online training is kind of like looking at compared to being a personal trainer locally is the difference between being a local fisherman in like the local lake or something like that and trying to make money. So it's like a local personal trainer being in person and you can kind of make money for your family or you can go to the deep blue sea. Now the great about the deep blue sea is that there are so many fish fuck those are treacherous waters those are like you got to have some big ass rigs and you got a lot of competition out there and so now that we have social media and you have this access it's like that's amazing but get get ready for some real rough storms get ready for big rigs that are going to steal your fish and that's just the notion of taken and so the hardest thing is just marketing especially because i just want to help people in coaching i don't necessarily want to be a marketer but I've learned to use the lens of, I am still kind of coaching. I coach for free. I give people free information. It's bite-sized. I have to understand some of the sales framework. I have to understand some of the sales, a lot of the sales process. Like you have to do that if you're going to own your own. But I think when you say that purpose thing, the thing that helps you still stay involved in it is to make sure that you're paying attention to, there's going to be someone I send a social media post out to, and it, that alone was enough. I didn't need to be their personal coach. And I think that is actually a pretty cool calling to have, especially because I look at the lens of what skills I have. And one of the major things is communication. I have that way better than a lot of people. I don't mind being a public speaker. I, I feel like I do have a pretty good vocabulary because of my siblings. So I get to use that avenue to be able to help people all over the world. And again, it is going to be hard because you're always looking at views, you're looking at followers, you're looking at people doing better. But as long as you stay on that mission of, well, at least I get to help someone somehow. 
And I've had people thank me on Instagram that are just followers. I'm like, I needed that. That's good to know that. Like, I thought I was just putting information out there. And if the algorithm isn't like, it, it's not good, but it's like, that's not a way it actually is working underneath it all. It's uh, so as you market yourself, why does somebody choose Rylan Quali? That really comes down to, do you feel like I will understand your problems? Really good sentiment came from one of my last business coaches. And he said, people don't need to buy programs. They need to buy coaches. So do you believe your coach can relate to you? Do you believe that your coach can be the person to understand where your problems are? And that's something I even encourage people to think about when they're listening to my message and stuff like that. So when people come to me and they say, I have emotional eating issues or I binge eat, you know, I love strength training, but I can't lose body fat. When all these problems like been there, been there, been there. So when you're looking for a coach, it should be the person who's had the problem and has walked the path that you need to walk. If I had someone come to me and saying, you know, I've always been a skinny guy my whole life. You know, I have such a hard time getting weight. Uh, can you help coach me? It was like, I could. And I, I, I'm willing to bet I'll put on weight on you. But I'll honestly tell you, I don't know that struggle. And I'll say that it's not my, I don't want to use the term expertise, but it's not like my forte. Like it is, you know, when having to challenge with more of the things around food and, and training and stuff like that, that I described that other people, I know that problem, right? And that's where my skill and my, my set comes from is more, Emotional eating around food, binge eating, uh, going to the gym and feeling like it's always hard. People who I try to say, like the, the people who think they have slow metabolism, I can show them that they don't. They just need to own their metabolism, which is their habits. And that's really where I think people should be show, looking for their coaches. Cause, like, especially in the online space, you see these, like, what are just naturally lean and fit people that have genetics. And I don't try to say that they don't have good information. People will have naturally good genetics. They'll go into training. They'll be good trainers. But the thing I say is like, you have all the hard skills, but you don't know what it takes to get the soft skills. And I, I compare it to if someone got uh, a business from their parents, a wealthy business. So this ki kid grew up rich and then his dad gave him the business, but he taught him all the, the framework of it. This is how you run the business and he keeps making money. That's he still knows how to run a business, but he didn't know what it was like to be broke. And so if you know what it's like to be broke, then you talk to broke people to get them rich. And so to me, the people who I wanted to, to really listen to me is, look, I know what it's like to be overweight and have to fight it all day. I still fight my inner fat kid to this day. And so that's where I want people to listen to me is because I have the lens of I know what it's like to always think about food. I know what it's like to have the challenge of an appetite that doesn't seem to disappear. That's, that's, that's great feedback. And I, uh, I can appreciate that because you're saying that um, because you've been there and you've had that expertise, you can relate to somebody. Um, I, I, I can relate to somebody who uh, has been overweight or has been broke because I've been both. <laughs> I've been broke and overweight. So, um, you know, and, and, and it was recognizing that the business athlete inside of me is what needed to be discovered, and when and when I and when I recognize that, um, what I was able to achieve uh, in the gym, and when I use the metaphor of the gym, whether that's the mental gym, the physical gym, the emotional gym, but in the gym, taking care of my human, when I recognize the value of that, my business did this. So hence, and then over time, it's like, well, hey, you know, you take the principles of business, you take the pr principles of, of of athletics, and put them together, and uh, uh, you can make magic. So I lost weight, I built a successful business, I sold it, 
and haven't looked back since. And uh, so what I try to do when I speak with people, I speak with CEOs or CMOs or C-level executives or those that are like, hmm, kind of stuck. And I, and I don't know how to climb the mountain. or I don't know how to get my business to the next level to sell it. Or I don't know how to motivate my sales team to the next level. You know, I'm my, my first response is, have you been to the gym? Right. And, and, and again, it's the risk. And, and again, the metaphor of the gym, right. You know, either have you, have you looked in the mirror at yourself? And, and so that's right. You know, that's where I'd like to think I bring my expertise to the table, which is when we decided to, uh, to, to, to bring the business athlete performance lab to life. So um, I, uh, I can appreciate your comments on, on the market being saturated, being competitive, however you want to relate to it. It's clear to me as I've stepped back into the ring that the world, um, is, is, has aged. And as a result of that aging, there's a lot of uh, executives, former executives, people that are like, well, Hey, I have value to offer back to society. I'm one of them. And it's like, there's a lot of people out there that would like to maybe hear from my experience. So I can appreciate the comments on, man, everybody seems to be a coach these days. Cause it seems like everybody is a coach these days or, every, or everybody's a fitness consultant these days. Um, but it's, but we're also now in a living in a world where everybody's a creator. Right. So we're, and, and, and what I have learned, and I've learned with this podcast, this show, Live in the Lab, Live in the Lab with Keith Bellis every week, Monday to Friday noon, Central Time, quick plug for the show. Um, what I've learned is this whole concept of when you're building a business in 2023 or 2024, you're building a media company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is so integral to like it, for for substantial success, right? Because we're just so inundated with technology. I mean, that's one of the major things I was talked about was AI. It's just it, it's it's a part of the times. Even if you go down to like, um, you know, mechanics. What do mechanics have to understand? Computers now, because everything is like, well, let's test it. Let's test it. My dad's got like you know new combines. Always complaining about the computer and the computer figure things out and it's like yeah we at the end of the day we have to understand what technology is doing for us and like you say when it comes to business it's also something you can both hate but embrace like you have to recognize it's free marketing <laughs> you know what i mean like and before you before you wouldn't have any choice you'd have to like buy a radio ad or buy some of the newspaper and now it's like it's free marketing it's just not free for time it takes time to learn it Yes. And, and, and while you are right, it's free. Um, there certainly is an argument to be made where do you spend a bunch of time and energy building up your organic base or do you go and flip some coins into buying the ads and, and distributing your message to a larger audience? Right? So you're right. Um, the, the networks have all sucked us into believing that this is free, but what we're essentially doing is we're, we're building up content for others to view so that we can then be convinced to spend money so that we can get our message actually in front of somebody. So it's, uh, it still goes back to, you have to create engaging content. Right. Um, we absolutely live in a world now that is, it's an, an attention economy, mm -hmm. right? So you and I right now are competing with somebody who's thinking, do I go watch Netflix or do I hear Billis and Quali talk about, uh, you know, fitness, wellness, and business? Right. You know, I'm going for a walk right now. Do I want to go put my Peloton 10 minute walk on or do I want to spend 10 minutes with these guys? Right. So it really is that attention economy where you got to find a way to stand out and be different. Right. So to do that uh, in the lab, we like to enter things like. Uh, 
a little bit of Rick Astley. So that yeah. when somebody's listening to Rick Astley, thinking, Who the, wh- why is this guy bringing Rick Astley into the show? So, cause we have a budget. Yeah. So I'm actually paying money around to, to license this music. So I'm like, all right, so if, I'm, if we're in the attention economy, I got to spend money. So we put a budget towards the licensing track. So yeah. when we're on YouTube, nobody's knocking on the old door saying, Hey, take our music down. So, uh, so yeah, so it's the attention economy. We're bringing, trying to keep people entertained in this whole thing. Right. So. And just to add to something you mentioned was the two avenues of like the free marketing or there is the paid marketing. And if you want to grow substantially, I think the paid marketing is likely still going to be an amazing route. But the great thing about the free marketing in the social media is like, well, you get a test because you can go spend money on advertising and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean you actually know that that is a valid marketing scheme. At least now you have a testing marketing scheme because the algorithm is challenging how much it actually keeps attention. So let's say you make an ad on social media or something like that, but you pay for it. What if it was a terrible ad and you actually just wasted so much money you put it in front of people when you could have had, you know, practice in, into this day? I see it change the first, first few seconds of every single video, you put three seconds, three to five seconds are the most important part of every single video, three to five seconds. And you'll find out very quickly once you post something, whether or not that three to five seconds was valid. And then you can start to break that down and understand what that's doing for people's attention. Then you can start realizing, okay, this has potential for, you know, actually paid marketing. Because in the end, when we're, when I'm posting things, I'm still thinking of, you know, good sales, problem, agitate, solve, showing that you have a solution. But that that first three seconds, how you can you hit that problem? I mean, it took me until to actually got into the marketing. Why all of those kind of corny sales, like, you know, buy these knives? You're like, do you ever hate it when the knives do this? Do you ever hate it when you cut yourself like that? And it's like, these questions are actually the problem. They want to ask you the question that, yeah, I actually do have that problem. I do. Oh, you're going to solve it. That's marketing, right? And so it was really cool. And it was, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk who had pointed out, it's like, at least now you get to test and then you can invest your money into it more readily when you know it's more likely going to capture the attention that you want. Yeah, I, I think I think it's as much uh, testing, but like, you know, so in, from my point of view, when you're testing, it's like Mr. Beast, you got to test... Uh, the great thumbnail, right? The, the great facial. So Roland, as you're listening to this capturing spots, you're like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to create like the, the face that'll capture something like, or maybe something like, or exactly, right? So you got to get that face so that when you, when you capture the thumbnail, you know, somebody's like, oh my God, why is he making that face? Right. So, because I don't know if you saw the stats, but Mr. Mr. Beast was like, hey, I, I got much more viewership for a closed mouth instead of a open mouth. So more people clicked on his videos when he had a closed mouth or instead of having a open mouth. So Roland, there's the same thing, pal. So we should do some testing. Keith with closed mouth and Keith with big mouth. Um, or, you know, the big parking head forehead, but uh, and that that all aside. But you're right, you, know, you gotta test and, and, and uh, Getting that message out to the market, getting it in front of the right people is, uh, is, is, is certainly critical. And, and it's not so much getting the message out, but it's an engaging with your audience. Engaging, yeah. Which I think often is the most difficult thing for most people. Right. Because most people, 
do like we're, we're so inundated with so many things right yes and the word engagement is so important because there's just many different contexts you can consider it is engaging just sitting there and looking at it is it just hitting a quick like is it sharing it is it making a comment and, and those all have different impacts on the algorithm but what's really important because that's what the algorithm will definitely look at is levels of engagement and how can you do the problem state itself? How can you create some concept that they're very interested in and then make them physically do something? Like how can you make someone want to do something with your content is so important. And still like the hardest thing for me is I'm a context, very detailed person on my passion of training and nutrition. So the biggest challenge for me has been 60 seconds. Can I really give context in 60 seconds? I can't. Like I can answer like, and I would so many times I make a post. I'm like, yeah, I'll do the five of this or the three of that. And I get through two of them and I'm like, okay, I actually have to make one video each because there's just more details when it comes to training and nutrition that I want to provide. And sometimes I have to like, oh, and be like, don't provide context, maybe put it in the caption. And hopefully people read into those details because there's a lot of details that goes into this stuff. And there's always context. That's also why it's really interesting on social media. What I think I see in fitness anyways, my algorithm is that they are offering me very big accounts with very fit people, and very big followings, or they'll offer you very short, simple videos uh, that, that kind of go with like a trending audio and a couple quick hits of like, do this for hit or do, do strength training and, or eat this and it was something simple. Right. And then the third was something outrageous. So something that's like really like, you know, it's like go carnivore, go vegan, like something very extreme. It's like, you absolutely shouldn't do this or seed oils are toxic. Anything that captures attention that talks about extremes. So either be very fit and big. And again, I could be biased and probably is biased to my algorithm, but it kind of makes sense. It's where attention's going, right? Is it has to be, you know, I give this person credit because they have been, they got a big following uh, or then, and they're very jacked and lean something very quick and a lot of people are trending. And then the third one is just, are you extreme? Now you're getting attention anyways. And that's just kind of where attention is right now. So like, to me, coming back to the original question you asked, it's like, what's hard is like, it's hard to fit in there because I'm not going to be extreme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm going to give context. I'm going to give more of a sense on, you know, nutrition is, does not need to exist in extremes, you know? And, and so to try to slowly build up credibility in a place that, you know, in some ways, I feel like even though I got into it three years ago, that's kind of late to the game of social media marketing, right? On a, on a grand scale, if you were a year or so ahead of that, like I was just trying to build up a reputation when online was now important for people, right? And I try not to blame my circumstances. I'm just saying that's the lens I look at it. And so, I mean, if there's one thing I hope people really pay attention to is like those three things are, are actually not always, but some bad information, <laughs> you know, you got to try to look for more of the people who are willing to give context and aren't in the extremes when it comes to training and nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I have, I have, um, a little bit different point of view. I think, I think my point of view is differs where, uh, I think less is more. I think that we can work. I think that people want to hear less because they're inundated with so much. So, you know, what, what we're, I would come at things in less than 60 seconds instead of more because, yeah. because everybody else is tossing them many minutes. There's so much content coming at us that 
I, I know when I'm getting an email from somebody or I'm getting content from somebody, I just want to get to the point, mm-hmm. right? I just want to get the hit because, because I'm a smart individual. I, I'm, I'm educated. I, I, uh, I just want to get to your point. And, and I think that uh, often noise gets in the way of the point. This is a really, I love to hear this because this is a great discussion to go off of because you are the business athlete and you're the person I would want to communicate with. And me as the coach who's like obsessed with the training and nutrition stuff, I look for the details. I'm like, oh, there's a long video. I'm excited. Like I go to go on YouTube. I'm like, oh, it's only 20 minutes. Like I want more details, you know, but you don't. So give me an example of like uh, any sort of topic that you would want some sort of uh, information on what kind of topic around training and nutrition that you would want to just you'd find interesting and I'll try to I'll try to do my best to kind of give you a quick point and I want to know what levels of details you find interesting so let's jump let's talk intermittent fasting right so I I, I intermittent fast I I have found a, a, a lifestyle that's worked for me it's funny because we talked earlier about uh you know being the being being the, the overweight person or somebody who's right. carrying a little extra weight and, and, uh, and then finding something that works. Right. So like I've car, I've carb cycled, I've intermittent fasted, I've starved myself. I've ate, I've tried everything. You, you just mm. have to find something that works for yourself. Totally. So intermittent fasting works for me. Now I'm a potential customer of yours. Give me the details on IF. Intermittent fasting is a great tool to make you feel fuller. Like if I were just summarize it like that, it is not a fast trick. It is nothing. Um, outside any other health benefit that they can actually do in research that shows that it's better than a regular calorie deficit. But if it works for you, it's great. Just make sure you have the right protein, right calories and right vitamins and minerals along with that. And what do you say to somebody who, like, are, are, you, are you a person who, so I hear, okay, so as, as somebody who is wanting the information, that, that's what I would want to hear from you. Because, right? yeah, just get to the point and tell me, right? So that I can then decide whether I want to uh, dig for more, ask for more. But especially in the world of, of generative AI where, you know, there's so much more knowledge available to us mm-hmm. uh, makes it even more difficult for a coach to, 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 to stand out. I think it is the, and I, and I think where, where those that can stand out from others is to be more human than ever. Right. Yeah. Right. To be even overly human because I can get the details from the freaking computer. I can get the details from GPT, but I really want to, I, 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 I think a successful coach in today's world is, is, is holding me accountable to being a human. I like that lens, be more human. And so I have some sense of what that means. But what does that mean to you? Is it because then we're talking more about the emotional side of the answer? We're talking more about, oh, you feel good on that? And that feeling matters, right? Because I could hit you because that's a that actually helps me a lot to not get into, oh, well, you know, it's better for protein feeding if you have four, five to six or four or five hours apart. It's better for recovery if you have more meals throughout the day. It's like, but that's not important for how you feel, right? Let, let's, let's talk about Apple. So Apple never talks about the specs. What do you mean they never talk about the specs? Like, like on their, in their ads or just... Exactly. They, they don't get up there and talk about, you know, uh, all of the technology underneath that's the hood. That's true. They just put on music and they make it... Like they put on the music and they make it look sleek. Yeah. They, they elicit feeling from you. Right. They elicit emotion from you. Mm-hmm. Right, so they show you something to 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 generate a feeling, which then, for the most part, you will buy based on that feeling. Mm-hmm. If you want the details, you're a smart human being; you'll go dig underneath the hood. But, you know, people buy from feelings. People buy through emotion. People buy because they're connected to Ryland Quality because, 
he was an overweight kid and he had his struggles and they, and he's talked about the times he's fallen flat on his face. And he talked about the times that he buried his face in the peanut butter jar. And he talked about the times he was vulnerable and raw and, and those, those dark moments on a Friday night at three o'clock in the morning. And he was in the kitchen, just eating away, not knowing how to execute and move forward. That's what somebody wants to hear from you. I don't yeah. think somebody really cares or and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, no, but, 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 but I think that somebody wants that from you the accountability from that from you instead of the numbers because they can get the numbers from anybody and, and right. the, the numbers are important of course but what they i believe what they really want from you it's like i saw with my mom yesterday they just want they wanted a human being to be next to them in their yeah. journey yeah yeah people buy coaches not, not programs and it's a, it's something i need to keep hearing because it's not the first time i've heard that i need to keep hearing that when i'm thinking about because I'm so proud of my information. I'm so glad I have the information to, to correct my path, you know, understanding what goes into my metabolism, understanding what goes into nutrition and all that stuff. But I tend to forget that people will trust you to know that, but they need to trust you, right? Yes. They need to trust the feelings. And that is something I do tie better when I actually sit down and coach my clients like the best things happen when we have conversations. It's probably my favorite part about the online space. When I was formerly working with people in person, I'd have like a client I meet routinely. I was their therapist, you know, it's like, and it was actually a detriment to their strength training because you would be talking with them on their breaks, which you shouldn't about nutrition. And then you find out all these problems. And it's like, actually, I think we should just do that separately. You strength train when I'm here so that you take the appropriate rest. You get a lot of work in. And we could sit a half hour to an hour and just talk about your problems and why you're not making the right decisions. And that's okay, but it's the emotion that drives all of it. As you mentioned, emotion drives the car at the end of the day, right? So that's a really, really valuable lens. What kind of do you think speaks to you in the terms of the business athlete as far as, like you mentioned, intermittent fasting? What other kind of concepts around training or nutrition do you think do really interest more the business athlete. Yeah, great question. So uh, I'm glad you asked that. I, I, I'm everybody's different. Uh, everybody decides when they're going to go hit the the gym, the metaphorical gym. But I'm a big believer that starts in the business athletes world first thing in the day. It's it's your first thing. It's what you knock out first. Yeah, you go take care of your human being first, right? Oh, it so feels so good too. The rest of the day is easier. It is. Well, and so in my point of view, the rest of the day actually doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, but, but when you think about it, right? So if yeah. I think about uh, why it doesn't matter after that, I just I really I relate back to my mom, right? right? So my mom this last week wasn't worried about her career at Loblaws. Mm -hmm. No, she's worried about living another day. Health. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, and I've told stories about my mom, but my mom, you know, she, and I pride my, my mom on, you know, I took her tobogganing in, in Alberta a year and a half ago and she was sliding down the mountain in a toboggan at 75 years old. Right. And, and that, that to me is what being a business athlete is somebody who is aspiring to do that, aspiring to take their kids, their grandchildren. So to do that, we work backwards. We get up in the morning, we take care of ourselves. We take care of our brain. We take care of our strength and we take care of our emotion. And the emotional side is that human side that I think is more important than ever, mm -hmm. right? So connecting with other human beings, whether they're on your team, whether they're in your, in your home or around you, but it's, it's taking all those elements, bringing them together and then executing daily. And it's funny because I talk with, I talk with friends, I talk with AJ, I talk with colleagues and people are like, so Keith, what's the magic? What's the magic? You know what the magic is and you know what the magic is, Ron. Oh, yeah. It's every single day. 
right? It's every single day. So it's scheduling recovery. It's scheduling days off. It's scheduling your strength day, your yoga day, your stretch day, right? It's just not taking a day off because taking a day off is actually taking a day off from life. Right. And how do you take a day off from life? So, okay. Somebody's going, Billis, you seem neurotic. Do you lay on the couch? Yeah, I do, but it's a scheduled day off. And yes, I, I end my days on the couch or I start my days with my coffee on the couch, but but there's, there's method to the madness. There's structure. Structure equals success. So to me, that's, again, the business athlete lifestyle. And um, it's worked for me. And now that we're in the business athlete performance lab, we're just trying to spread that message to others, right? And, and, you know, and, and, the, and, and the senior executives that buy from us are saying, Keith, help me help my team achieve their big, hairy, audacious goals. You know, what, 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 how can we achieve success at, at, our next, at our next sales quarter? My answer is always, we'll get to the gym. And again, I'm not asking you to become like a freaking bodybuilder. I'm just saying, get to the more metaphorical gym. Get your mind, your emotion, and your strength in check. And then the rest of the business will come together. Hey, I don't know if you heard the show a couple weeks ago with Nicole Bernard. Um, great guest. Hey, Nicole, shout out. Rolling, we got to cut this. Hey, Nicole, shout out to you. Um, Nicole uh, runs 48 miles in 48 hours just for something to do. Wow. That's incredible. It is. And she, you should have her on your show. Absolutely. And she does it because it helps her bet. It helps her in her business. She recognized that, wow, I ran 48 miles in 48 hours. And then uh, business be- is incredible. All, Oliver Brown, guy who's climbing Kilimanjaro right now, he climbs Kilimanjaro like he's going for lunch. And uh, yeah, his third year, his third climb, I think third or fourth climb this year, Kilimanjaro. And something he said was so profound. I thought a couple of weeks ago on the show, which was, he says, Keith, when I come off these trips, when I, when I come off accomplishing a climb after being off the grid or, or, or after being so focused on achieving that, 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 that big, hairy, audacious goal, I come home, the clarity in my mind, the clarity that I have, I feel like, and I end up doing anything possible achieving wondrous things. So it's one thing to climb the mountain. He's like, but then Keith, the repercussions of that accomplishment, they just go on forever and ever and ever because, you know, he's just accomplished something so significant, right? So again, that whole business athlete mindset, it's not, it doesn't start, you know, to me, it starts in the gym and whether that gym is, you know, mentally, emotionally, or physically, but it starts there. The stronger you are there, the stronger your business will be. And you said that years ago, I remember being a focus of one day, someone was talking to you, I think about business or something like that in the gym. And I was just overhearing and you're just like, yeah, well, I tell you, it starts in here. And this was five, six years ago. It was a long time ago, even before you did Kilimanjaro. The thing I was really curious about was, was there ever a time, because I imagine there's people like this and they're not quite the business athlete yet, but they are in business. And like you say, you tell me about the gym. Was there a time where you weren't as engrossed or did you build your business as you were always building your fitness or did the business ever take hold of your fitness more than it should have? Ah, great question. I, so this is true, Keith. Um, it took me a long time to figure that out. I'll be very vulnerable. You know, I, I've, I've gone through my personal challenges in life. Uh, I've been through divorce. Uh, I'm in a blended family now. And all those challenges, you know, through, you know, have ups and downs and valleys. And, and fitness is the one common denominator that I tried to keep as the constant. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but that was the challenge, was yeah. trying to keep it the constant. And I wasn't always successful at it. It really wasn't until I, I um, well, I met AJ Zeglin. And 
uh, I found, I found, uh, I found somebody who, um, ideated with maybe who, who kind of had the same ideas that I did and somebody who, uh, uh, was listening to some of my weird concepts. And, and I said, I said, you run a high performance gym, athletes come here, they train like athletes. I'm a business dude. I think it's the same thing. Train me like an athlete. Yeah. And I haven't looked back since. And it was, it was that moment for me, which is like, yeah, okay, this is what it is, right? It's one equals the other. So, but at that point I had already built ICUC and sold it. Um, my lifestyle wasn't the greatest lifestyle while I was building ICUC. I was going to the gym, I was doing all those things, but um, there was many, many gaps that weren't fulfilled along the way. Yeah. A little rough around the edges on that. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, it took me, it took me time to find my space. Right. Well, I would say too, what happens is it takes time for people to make it kind of this identity thing. And I do consider it like an exercise addict, like in a positive sense, not like exercise addiction to a negative sense. You're talking about including rest days and yoga days and knowing your ebbs and flows. But when you're, even when I was in early twenties, there were still days where I, I was like, well, let's go be a trainer. And I still had to convince myself, oh man, do I really want to work out. And it was, I think everyone will have that moment. Like you mentioned yours moment was with AJ. And for me, it was when I was in boxing and I just bro uh, been broken up with, with a girl I was dating at the time. And not to mention, this was also during a sobriety hall where I was doing a full year of no drinking or, or, or any weed or anything. And it was honestly that day where I'm like, oh, I can always achieve this high every day. It's like, I don't need anything else. And so I'm not kidding. That was the day that I'm like, I just always need this in my life. And that's, I think, even helpful for people to know that whether it's yourself who's super indoctrinated and now and even for myself, who's like, it's my job, I would have days that it was really hard to convince me. But what I think is really cool is when you can get into you do so many times of trying to be consistent, try to be consistent, try to be consistent. It goes ebbs and flows, valleys, as you said. But then something shifts inside you at a subconscious level that it becomes a need. And also, we completely ignore the discomfort to start a workout. This is such a big thing because I, I don't like the sentiment that you hear online. People will say it all the time. Oh, you know, people who go to the gym all the time aren't motivated to go to the gym. And I think that's bullshit. It's like, of course we are. We love it. It's us. It's actually the people who don't like really love the gym. They do need motivation. They need to get that ball rolling. But then eventually you're going to get to this point where you have an intrinsic awareness that the first five minutes just sucks for a bit. And then the last half of the workout and especially the rest of the day is significantly better. And so it's our ability to deal with immediate discomfort for a massive delayed gratification rather than the immediate gratification of just being lazy and choosing something else. And then a massive issue and a repercussion with delayed discomfort, which I think always leads to pain. And I just think this is a good message for us to talk about with people who, you know, are interested in this kind of stuff, but like are really engrossed within their business. And they say, but I got to do this for my business. I got to do this for my business. And you'd say like, I, you know, health is number one. Like you are your business, right? Well, yeah, because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to have a business. You can't, you can't operate. You're not going to be operating as efficiently. Like you're literally less efficient because you're not healthy. Yes. So, so again, easier said than done for many. And, and, and it's, it's, um, but those that find that magic, 
uh, I would, you know, I, I would argue um, probably have more successful businesses that, 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 uh, that, that bring these principles to life. Well, I don't hear too many people complaining about the result of their business when they get into fitness. And this is something I, I try to give my dad as a lens. I'm like, do you hear about people getting into fitness and training and saying like, oh man, my life's so much harder. No, <laughs> like, I mean, no, no one says like my life is so much harder now that I do fitness all the time and I eat healthy all the time, right? There are people who might complain when they don't have the right program for them or at the start where they're feeling overwhelmed. But when you get through, it was actually Anthony Paletta who says, hello, I saw him today. Um, he gave me the best description for people to appreciate getting into something new. He calls it the bathtub model. So when someone first starts getting into tr training, uh, you know, you actually already feel like, let's get, say on a scale of one to 10, you don't feel great. You're at like a five or something like that. When you start training, you're going to feel worse because you now realize how ba badly you shape you are and you get sore and then you're like, oh man, I'm weak. I don't know how to do this. And so you actually drop down and then there's kind of this plateau for about a week or two. And then in week three, you start feeling better. And then it like exponentially goes above for the rest and the rest of the bathtub model where you go to that eight, nine, 10 that you hadn't even felt in 10 years, but you just have to appreciate the first phase. Well, and I, and we had, I had Joel E here in the lab uh, a couple of days ago earlier this week. And Joel talked about how he felt, getting back to feeling, mm -hmm. how he felt. Uh, so he's like, yeah, I, I recently got into bodybuilding this year. I'm like, oh, interesting. Because you don't really hear that term much in the twenty in the twenty three bodybuilding, mm -hmm. right? He's like, yeah, I recently got into bodybuilding, and um, I asked him how it has affected his business, and the answer he gave me was, Keith, I walk into a meeting with my shoulders broader, my chest stronger. He goes, I feel stronger. I'm a hundred percent more confident because I feel stronger. And he goes, and I walk into this room commanding a presence that I really didn't have before. And he's, and he says, I'm a little guy. He says, but by just by, 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 by strength training, the confidence that it brought him, you know, allowed him to walk into a room with this confidence that he never had, that he felt he never had before. So that in itself was, was magic for him and how it affected his business was just the, the, the again, back to the feeling of confidence, right? huge huge impact when you're willing to commit to these things bodybuilding is technically something everyone does to some degree even if you're in endurance you're building some capacity but that's what's so cool about strength training and training in general and you say like the relationship it has to business you need to put in reps towards building something yes whether it's physical or in your business and the great thing about strength training or a lot of training in general is it's measurable, it's objective, and it's identifiable proof of success. And I think strength training is one of the quickest returns on investment when you actually think about it. You know, last week, you're only able to do 40 pounds for 10 reps. Next week, you can do 45, 10 reps. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And like business, that takes long, right? To get those return on investments a lot of the time. And so at least, as you mentioned, like that's how I feel about training. Like as long as I've done something training wise that I, I know that it was my job to do that day, I feel like the day is automatically a win. And if I haven't gotten it done, it feels super incomplete. I, I hate working out at night because of that reason, because I want to know that I've gotten that one thing in and it's so embedded in my identity that hey, the rest of the day can go okay because I did what I needed to do to build my body. Yeah. If I, if I, don't, if I don't take care of my human first thing in the morning, I, I feel like I'm chasing it for the rest of the day. And that's uh, not a good feeling for me. Uh, I can't perform the best for others. 
Uh, I can't perform the best for my kids. I can't perform the best at business. Um, but I'm learning to adapt. I, I, being a business athlete is adapting. I had a meeting this morning at, uh, at 7 a.m. I typically don't take meetings before 10 a.m. Central Time. So typically from 5 a.m. till 10 a.m. in the morning is Keith time. So that is, so, um, so Keith time is, you know, is training, is, is, my, is my business athlete activities. But then inside of that is I'll answer, I'll respond to email, I'll craft email, I'll respond to IM. I have colleagues that, are, that work in Europe, so they're on a little different time zone than myself. Right. So I need right. to get to them earlier than later. Um, so typically, though, um, I try to keep any of my North American meetings um, after 10 a.m. so that I can meet with people from 10 a.m. until 5, 6 p.m. and then do all the stuff that, and that's the other thing people don't recognize, man, I'm telling you. The magic of, of being an entrepreneur, being a business person, is you got to do all the, the, uh, the stuff that when you're not talking to people, when they're sleeping. So you right. need to do all that work, you know, uh, outside of the office in the mornings and the evenings so that those, those magical hours, learn this in Xerox, between 8 and 5, go talk to people. And then at 5 p.m. till 8 p.m., that's when you got to do your office work. Yeah, but that's my time to sit on the couch and hang out with my family. Well, yeah, but that's what most people would do if you want to be different. Then go to work. Right. Right. That's 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 when you're marketing. Right. That's when you're that's when you're writing your content. That's when you're getting yourself prepped for the next day. Mine's actually different. So I do my because my people are available five to eight. Oh yes. Okay. So there that's you go. my conversations with my clients. That's right because they're time. working during the day. They're working during the day. So most of my content and creation and stuff like that is during the day. So I do a, which is which is good. You got a good flow there. One of the things I want to highlight that I love that you said, and I think more people need to say this, my person, my person, like you, you actually got to describe yourself as someone you care about that you're taking care of. I had a guy on my podcast who talked about that. It's like the relationship you have with a loved one, you know, your wife or something like yes. that. You'll go pick her up when you don't want to. You'll go get her groceries when you don't want to, but you know, because you love and you don't even think about it. And if people can start representing their health and, and their, their fitness, like their person, their physical person is someone that they need to take care of that is as important as other people in their lives. That's the really hard lens that some people have because, oh, my business is more important than me physically, you know, or my loved ones are more important than me physically. It's like, it's the same thing. You're another part of your, your life. Like you can look at that physical body as being something different that you need to take care of. And then you show up for those people better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's having respect for yourself. Yeah. Right. And, 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 I would suggest many don't. It's right. it's 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 easier not to, right? It's easier. Yeah. And listen, I'm not perfect, dude. I'm I, by no means am I perfect. As a matter of fact, far from perfect. So anybody going, ah, this Bill guy, business athlete, hood, toity toity, nah, I fail every single day. But you know why I fail, Rylan? Why is that? Because I try. Finding I mean, attempts, you're attempting every day. Absolutely right. And and I would rather fail every single day instead of regret not even trying. Right. Right. So. You know, like I've told the story a thousand times. I said to Roland a couple weeks ago, we're going live. He's like, live? I go, yeah. Why are we going to go live? I'm like, well, why not? Let's go live. That's, that's Nobody else is. Yeah. So we'll go live. We'll go live Monday to Friday, noon central time, live in the lab. And if we fail along the way, and we have many times, quality has been crap. You know, audio has been crap. But you know what? We're trying and we're meeting incredible people. I'll tell you something that I have learned with this show. Yeah. Um, Roland came to me a couple, so Roland and I have had this aspiration to get this show going for a long time. And finally we had to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, we got to get this thing started. So we did. Um, the, the quality of human beings that I have met along the way, the quality of stories that I've met along the way 
And the networking opportunities that I have unveiled along the way have been magical. Yeah. And it has been an experience that I wake up every single day going, man, I get to be live in the lab today for an hour with somebody I haven't talked to before. Somebody sitting either in Europe or sitting in Chicago or sitting in New York City. Hello, Kevin Maney. Um, and these personalities, these stories, these and these themes that start to come out, Rylan. Like, you know, these these business athlete themes. I'm, you know, it's, I like to ask somebody, I like to ask everybody kind of how they weave in the athletic side into their business. And we typically would think it's marathons or going to the gym or running or swimming. Dude. I've been talking to people that play soccer, that play baseball, like these nice. executives that you're like, like I asked the guy this week, so what do you do to keep yourself healthy? He's like, I play soccer in New York City. I'm like, what? like that's actually impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. And then I talked to another guy who plays baseball in Florida. Right. So again, who who's playing baseball at whatever, 40, 50 years old yeah. and then going to run business? I just, I thought some of those stories were inspiring that it doesn't have to be golf or the gym or your right. typical things go play soccer go play football go yeah. play hockey. find your sport find your sport just do something find your activity right find your activity hey it's uh, it's 54 minutes into the hour live in the lab with keith billis and rylan quality and the strong the stranger strong ambition podcast the strong ambitions podcast we're doing a dual show here so uh we'll do that again live in the lab with keith billis and rylan quality from the from live in the lab no, strong ambitions. Oh, sorry for strength. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Nice. This, 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 yeah. The, hey, the goal here is to keep attention. Yes. So if it's perfect, people are going to turn it off. No. no. Yeah. They're not going to want to watch it. Right. Right. Yeah. So the fact that we're fumbling this up a little bit and when Roland, when Roland cuts it together and you see the old captions going, they were going, oh, yeah, these guys are stumbling along there. Ha ha ha. I got to click on to see what they're saying. And what's the face? Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah making faces. Um, so, Ryan, as we, as we work to wrapping up our conversation, it's been a lot of fun, by the way. It's gone okay. by really fast. Flew by. Um, what are some comments or questions you might have from, from, from your podcast, from me? Or yeah. let's, let's, let's throw the mic open to you for a little bit. I'm going to let you go deep here because I wanted to ask you this whole time. What is AI going to do for training and nutrition? Because, you know, you've been getting into the AI. You've been understanding them super well. And I am super interested. I think they're... Uh, that's why I've been so excited to work with you on this stuff because I don't hesitate to say that it's going to help substantially, but I want to know what your lens is and, you know, how does the lab help? Like, let's first talk about what you see in the immediate and where's your vision for it going down the road? Yeah. So I think, I think information has never been more readily available. Obviously, uh, AI is weaving itself into everything that we do, mm -hmm. actually everything, right? So, um, which I think only accelerates the need for more human connection, mm -hmm. right? So AI is not going to go lift my heavy weights and put them down for me, right? But AI is probably going to help put a program together for me, probably going to help analyze it for me, probably going to give me better information than Rylan or Keith or anybody else could. So, so those things, you know, I think start to change our point of view on, on, on that type of programming. But what I still need is I still need a human connection to hold me accountable. I still need that human connection to make sure that I've, I've made it to the gym and I've still need the human connection to make sure I'm feeling okay about myself. Yeah. Right. So, Hey Keith, you know, I, I see that you got your program from the AI bot, but how did you feel about it? Yeah. Oh, I felt good. Okay, great. Right. So I, I, I think from that point of view, it's never been easier. And I'll make this statement too. Ron, uh, Roland, here's a cut for you. Nobody can ever say to me ever again, well, Keith, I don't have 30 minutes to go work out. I don't have 45 minutes to go take care of myself. No, you do actually, because I, I can give you an extra hour a day 
if you just sit back and learn some GPT skills. So if you can weave GPT into your life, I can guarantee you, you're going to save 30 to 45 minutes an hour of your day. So recapping that, learn chat GPT, learn Claude, learn any AI tools. You're going to immediately become more productive. You're going to gain 30, 45, 60 minutes back into your day immediately. No doubt, no pause. You can take that time and put it into yourself. So it's like magic, actually. It's like magic round. It's like, okay. So if you're, if you're a marketer, you're a business person, you're somebody who's, who's reluctant to embrace generative AI, um, if you embrace it, I guarantee you, you're going to get an extra, at least an hour back into your day. You can never say, uh, I don't have time to go for a walk. I don't have time. And listen, here's the other thing too, Ron. I'm not saying to these people that are listening right now to give that time back to their employer. No, I'm saying give it to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like take that hour that you, you, so pause for a pause for a few days this week, go learn some generative AI skills, use those skills to improve your day-to-day business flows, and then take that time you've saved and increase your athletic activity before you know it, you become a business athlete. Right. I really like the, the idea of just, you have to embrace it. You have to realize it's going to save you time, money, and you, you pointed out two major things there. It's because like, it's going to help you th- give you the information, but you need the coach for accountability. And just to know that something cares because yeah, I won't care if you get it done. Even if it pretends it's like, it, it's just programmed to. And there's some people who don't need that level of coaching and caring, but there's a great deal of us who want someone in our corner, just the support, just like, Hey, how did it feel? And you want to be able to talk to people about that. And that's where the coaching comes in. But the AI can help us. Like, as you just mentioned, it has better information than I do, right? Because I only have so much information based on my experience. Yeah. And and I think what we're also um, perhaps not looking too closely into the lens just yet, but I think we will continue to as, as, as the younger generation ages is that um, these AI coaches, these AI companions are wonderful companions. They are wonderful. Somebody's like, what Billis, Rick, really? You want me to talk to the bot? Yeah, I do actually, because it's actually pretty spectacular. I, I went and got my, I told the story yesterday, I went and got my biomarkers done. And um, in my experience with doctors, typically you get a few minutes, mm-hmm. right? Not a lot of engagement because yeah. they got to get to the next appointment. Sometimes they just call you. Right. So I got my biomarkers done. I sat down with a couple of AI platforms and then I, I talked to the AI about my biomarkers and it was an empathetic experience because I, I was able to engage, ask a lot of questions, ask me questions back. And it was a very fulfilling experience for me as a human being uh, because I, I felt listened to, bizarrely enough. Um, I got the information I required and, um, and somebody saying, yeah, but Keith, it hallucinates. Ah, lot, great headlines. Uh, I went to three different you know, AIs and I got largely a lot of the same information. So um, that, you're going to see a lot more AI coaching. You will see a lot more AI in the, in the health space. And I would say you're going to see a lot more AI in the fitness, wellness, nutrition space. The difference is the humans that can connect with authentic human stories are going to be the ones that I think stand out over time. Absolutely, is to make sure that because, you know, in the sense that what we're doing here at the lab is you're trying to actually have that AI adaptive to the personality that you want it to be like to respond in the way that you're going to it learns like that's the best thing about it and so i want it to have the biases that you know i 
in training and nutrition because there is so much information. So I wanted to have my nutritional biases that I really entrust in, and then my people can entrust in that. One of the things that I think I had mentioned to you before too, is that I'm so excited to be on board with allowing AI to start in, to integrate into me helping my clients because the information is, is objective. Like it's, it's like we can measure protein, fats, and carbs. We can measure your strength. We can actually use this information. The major thing where I know I always have a place and this is why I want to do what AJ's done and get a master's in psychology is that's totally something that I've always had the biggest impact on. It's just talking to people, right? It's talking to people about problem solving and, and creating solutions and understanding what they're going through. And sometimes they just need to tell you they went through it. It's like, you know, this yes. day was hard. You know, this was hard. Yes. Like, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, exactly. That, that's all they need to hear. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey, Ron. So we're an hour in. We typically like to wrap things up around now. Uh, anything you want to close with for either live in the lab or anything you want to close off with uh, with, uh, with Strong Ambitions podcast? No, you know, this is a great conversation. I think we had a lot of fun. We we, we danced around a lot of different topics and I think it's a, a lot for people to take in and, and just interesting because it flowed really well. And uh, I'm super excited to see what we can do in the lab here uh, more and more. And I'd say, if anything, uh, you know, because this is also the Strong Ambition podcast, why don't you let my listeners know more about the lab and uh, more about what information they can find from you. Absolutely. So for those of you who are listening uh, on the Strong Ambitions podcast, come join us at the Business Athlete Performance Lab, BAPL.ai, B-A-P-L dot A-I. What you'll find in the Business Athlete Performance Lab is um, uh, you're going to find some great human beings that are delivering high-end uh, coach. High-end, what does high-end mean? Like actually, <laughs> actually I'm, I'm using the words that I'm catching. I'm saying, what does high-end mean? Nah. Uh, wrong choice of words, and I like to communicate. So, wrong choice of words. Um, we typically work with C level executives, senior leaders who are looking to uh, either take themselves or take their business to that next step. Somebody who is who is aspiring to climb a mountain, somebody who's aspiring to get from behind the desk and achieve their their, their greatest marathon, or, or or achieve greatness inside the gym, or or. Uh, it, it, it's something on, on a personal level. So you'll find those kind of expertise inside of the lab. You'll find the expertise of weaving AI into the business. We got some really great uh, things we're building here from an AI perspective. So, but again, tools that would affect business leaders. So when I sit down with a business leader and I'm talking about his business, he's like, okay, so we're going to take care of the business here, Keith, but I'm also running this marathon next week. What can you help me with over there? So, um, Think of it as a, as a vertically integrated uh, uh, gym, per se, as a metaphor, where we're talking with those leaders about their business, helping them succeed over there, while at the same time helping them succeed uh, personally. Working on a project that uh, I'm going to reveal a little bit right now to your listeners. Okay. Uh, working on a project that we're going to launch here uh, in, in the coming weeks. Um, it's going to be a change your life initiative coming out of the lab. Uh, the ambition is to uh, take 2024, take 12 people, climb three mountains, uh, spend some time at a school in Southern Africa, actually East Africa, in, in Kenya, frankly, uh, spend some time uh, on a safari and, and spend some time on a retreat uh, on, in Lamu Island. So um, we want to find 12 people that want to change their lives and uh, ex 12 people that are like, I'm stuck and I either, I'm, I'm trying to get to the next level in my personal professional career or I'm trying to get through a divorce, or I'm trying to get through a personal time in my life, and I really need some accountability, and I want, and I want somebody to help me get there. 
And then to do that, in my experience, Ryan, I've climbed mountains. And every time I climbed a mountain, it removed me from, I'm sorry, it took me from the other side of the mountain. So, you know, so for example, in a metaphor of when I went through my divorce, I climbed Kilimanjaro. Well, everything on, on, on everything that happened before I climbed that mountain, metaphorically, was over there. In the past. In the yeah. past, yeah, right? Yeah, so I climbed over the, I climbed over the mountain and... And uh, I'm, I'm on the next side of my life. It overcame that burden. Overcame that burden, right? So our ambition is we're going to launch this Change Your Life program next year uh, in the coming weeks, signing up 12 people. Uh, and then we're going to coach people daily. So we're going to take 365 days and we're going to sit down and help you achieve greatness every single quarter, business-wise, and help you achieve a personal goal every single quarter. And like I said, we're going to start off with mountain, little mountain, medium mountain, big mountain, and the year at a retreat in Africa beautiful yes That's such a cool idea and i love the integration of both helping the people with their physical task and we're going to help you with your quarters and just overall just make your life more spectacular i love that yes. so the, so the ambition would be around is that at the end of 2024 those 12 people will look back and say okay my life is different i've changed i've either i've either changed my nutritional habits or i've i've lost a bunch of weight or i don't drink anymore or i do we're not looking for somebody who wants to get a six pack in 12 months that right. might happen along the way. Yeah. The ambition is somebody who's like, I'm stuck. Right. I need, I, I really want to change my dude. I went through it. I went through it. I, 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 I've, 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 you know, I've gone through divorce. I've sold my business. I went through low lives and I went through low times in life. I've, I've been the guy eating peanut butter in my kitchen at two o'clock in the morning, struggling with food addiction. Right. I've been there. So I'm like, all right, I know there's 12 other executives out in the market in the world like myself that are kind of looking to the left, looking to the right, looking up and down, going, okay, nobody sees me in the kitchen, but I'm really struggling right now. Right. Who can help me? Well, I'm putting my hand up here in the lab and saying, we're going to help you. So that's coming. That's, we're working on it. Um, that's come out of the lab. And then the other thing that you know, I kind of teased you with, but, and again, what, what, you know, what I love about the lab, Rylan, is that a lab allows experiments to happen. A lab allows for creativity to endure. A lab allows failure. Right. Right. And right. Attempts. Attempts, precisely. Right. So uh, the other thing we have coming out of the lab is, uh, is Truthbox. Uh, you know, my former, my former career inside of ICUC where we were managing social media for some of the world's biggest brands. Uh, there's a problem coming. There's a tsunami of problems coming here in the next 12 months. We got an election coming here in the U.S. Oh, yeah. There's an election here in Canada coming around the corner. And the amount, the tsunami of fake content and the tsunami of inauthenticated content right. is going to uh, affect a lot of people. Right. And uh, so we put together this platform called Truthbox. Um, uh, we launched it this week. Uh, it's a platform to authenticate truth. Okay. Okay. And, and in a world now where, and this is fascinating to me, Quali, is that right now there's a world where half of it believes one truth. Yeah. The other half believes a different truth, but it seems every single day, less and less people are agreeing on the same truth. Yeah, there's no in between. And, and I'm not here to decide or argue what is the truth, but what I'm here to perhaps help the world with or the public with or businesses with is knowing that when Rylan has truth, that we can authenticate it that it came from Rylan, not right. from a synthetic source, not from a fake source that, no, this is Rylan's truth. I'll decide whether I want to believe it or not, but I know that it came from the human being of Rylan, his narrative. So it's like to authenticate where the information is coming from. 
Sorry, say that again. So it's to authenticate where the information comes from. That's what fundamentally what, what that, that platform would do. Yeah, I don't know what happened to your audio here. Kind of cut in and out, but I think we're okay right now. Talk again. Talking. There we go. There you go. All right. Good. Um, if for some reason I don't hear you. Uh, oh, there we go. That's why, because I had your headset off. <laughs> live. There you go. Live audio, live, live video. Things happen, right? So so I'm sorry. You were saying what? So To, authentic, to authenticate where the information is coming from and provide it. Because like you had said, like it's, the problem with AI is that we have fake chatbots and stuff like that out there. Yes. And so this is to authenticate where information is coming from, from the actual person. Correct. So I, I, I believe that there's going to be, uh, I believe we're going to wake up with subtle or obvious disinformation campaigns around us. I, I think it's happening right now. I'm sure there is. And I, and, and, and I believe that there is only going to be more <clears throat> propaganda that is, that is delivered. Big year. <laughs> right. So I think that there's a place in the market for authenticated truth. Let me give you an example. Let me give you a good example. Please. So let's pretend we woke up this morning to news awakening that uh, a pipeline burst in the Atlantic, and uh, it's big. It's a big energy company. And let's 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 look at the early markets, and the markets are crashing right now because, um, or the markets are going to be crashing when they open um, because there's an environmental disaster of of unlike any proportions happening in the Atlantic right now. There's videos everywhere. There's text. There's all over YouTube. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. It's all over the New York Times. It's all over the Washington Post. It's all over the Globe and Mail. It's everywhere. It's not real. Right. And this oil energy company has been is is they, they lost billions in, in, in market cap because because now me as the consumer I'm like well is this like I got to get my money is it well, there's it's, it, there's a blue check mark it's got to be real well but how do you know though. Because, totally. and I can tell you, I, I'm only bringing attention to this because I'm a good actor. I know what I can create um, that really freaks me out because if I'm a good actor and I can create content to, to sway people and to change minds and to, and to convince people, what can bad actors do? So I decided Truthbox might be the solution for that. So in the situation of the oil energy company, uh, you would have awakened to going, where am I finding my truth? You go to X, you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, but then now you can even doubt some of that. You can, you can doubt the blue check mark. Like yesterday, Donald, Donald Trump Jr.'s account was hacked and he was posting a bunch of news that his dad was dead. It wasn't because it was hacked and it was, it was. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's right. But so, so the blue check mark, while it's good, it's not always not correct. Yeah. Right. So uh, where do you go to find the authentic truth? So we built Truthbox. It's a platform that brands can use that before they are, so either in a crisis or in advance of a crisis uh, or in advance of wanting to distribute immutable content, they create content on the platform. They can distribute it from the platform, but it's immutable. So we authenticate it, we timestamp it, and it can't be altered. So, so in, in the case of the oil energy company, you wake up, you're an investor, you're like, okay, what the heck's going on here? Um, you know, I, I'm, this looks real, but I don't know if it's really real because I'm, because I've been conditioned to question everything that I know now. And that's the other thing people aren't thinking about is that 12 months now, 18 months now, it's not unreasonable to question actually everything because you just don't know headlines are one thing, right? So, yeah. um, you'll know to go to the oil energy website 
you'll scroll down to the bottom, the footer, you'll see, oh, there's the T. You click on the T, and on the Oil Energy website will be all of their authenticated, truthful content. They're going, oh, okay, oh, okay, this is not part of the, the oil pipe gas. That is actually all fake. All right, okay, yeah, I get you. Right, so, and, and we're not here to authenticate whether the oil energy company is telling us the truth. It's just whether or not they're the ones saying it. Correct. It's not my position to decide whether your truth is accurate or not. Totally. Okay. That's cool. So that was, that's something that's coming out of the lab as well. So, um, uh, like I said, a, a couple of interesting things coming out of the lab, uh, very much, you know, targeting the same audience, uh, senior level leaders, changing business, changing their lives. Uh, and it's funny cause people say to me, so Keith, how can you, like, how do you, how do you run Truthbox when you're trying to run a, the business athlete performance lab? And I'm like, well, Truthbox is maybe a business, but being a business athlete's my life. Right. So, you know, coaching humans, talking to humans, taking executives to the next level, that's what I do. So whether I'm meeting with you to sell you a truth box, who's an executive, or meeting with you as an executive to talk to you about changing your, your personal life, your professional life, well, that's just kind of what I do. Like, it's just, it's just who I am. So um, to me, they really aren't different. Right. I totally get you. Yeah. And, and especially when you say it's like, is this who I am? It's like, there's nothing better than just that kind of purpose. Like, this is what I do. It is yeah. like, I'm a business athlete. That's the, I am, I'm a business athlete. I help senior leaders with their businesses, uh, performance that that's, that's, it's funny because you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, it's finding your lane, finding your niche. Totally. Right. And, and I've recognized quickly that this is my niche. I take business, I take athletic sports and now weave in some AI into it and blend it all together and create some really cool solutions. Wow, it's super exciting, man. Super exciting to see what comes in the next year here. Cause uh, I mean, no, the exponential rate of AI and how it can help us and how it can be integrated into our lives is just fascinating to me. Now there's some dark sides that I, we definitely always have to caution, but I'm, I'm the silver lining guy. I'm definitely excited to see what we can do. Awesome. Awesome. Why don't we play us out with a little bit of Rick Astley? Got it. Business office performance lab and the and the strong strong, ambition. strong ambitions podcast is Ryland Qualley. We're here Monday to Friday, noon central time, live in the business athlete performance lab. I'm your host, I'm Keith Billis, and over there is Ryland Qualley. And uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you all next week.